would probably be like a spatula or something boring like that, but at least I'd be able to see the world. <laughs> well, here's so here's the question That's about the little being, toaster that could. Here's the bit question about being a uh, now that you mentioned that about like being a coffee table. Does that mean that I'm just going to spend like 40 years in the plank position and I've got to hold that position for 40 Ooh. years? That well, might I might have to change my true. my vote. Well, if Beauty and the Beast rules apply, all the furniture can kind of wiggle around, use their legs, you know. So yeah. I think you can still move. Think of how, like, shredded your core would be after, like, 40 oh years. I will have abs and Come out looking else. like Uncle Iroh out of the prison cell. Be yes. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. I am Blue, and I'm joined by Red. Sup? And today we have a very special Jack, uh, Mr. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're keeping it! We're keeping Uh, it! Our very special Jack! You better believe I'm a special Jack. (laughs) I only jumped ahead two words. (laughs) The most special of the Jacks. The specialist Jack, and there are so many Jacks. God. A special Jack, Mr. Guest. The, no, okay. A very special guest. I am gonna... Oh, God. Oh, the things I will mess oh, up so early in the episode. We couldn't ah! have planned a better intro for this. Mr. Uh, Jack, uh, better known as Jack Z. Whipper, uh, probably the... I don't even know how to quantify it. Like, the most... I would say the most famous whip-based performer in the country i i would i would take issue with that but maybe i mean the social media the way it's blown up possibly at this point but certainly not the best whip performer in the country let's put it uh, that i'll accept but consider if you start a feud with the other whip performers the fights would be spectacular to watch they would be so cool the problem is is they make all of my whips and i'm not sure i can like cut out the supply right now gotcha yeah that that's a that's a little downside since i have utterly failed uh at both the english language uh and introducing you um jack could you tell uh the folks at home we can just switch to french like my character yeah a very special Uh, jack so I do I do a Renaissance Fair act called Jexy Whipper. I grew up in the circus. When I was young, I wanted to learn the cool trick, so I learned only learned whip cracking and knife throwing. You know, like you do, as is standard. And now I perform. I draw on a little uh, French mustache, and I wear a very 1700s esque uh, costume for a Renaissance festival. And I am Jexy Whipper. Yes, good. That's very fun. It's like a very <laughs> alternate universe Dick Grayson situation. I feel like. I've I've always liked the uh, the Peter Parker aspect of it because I also uh. work in news on the side and like when I first started doing this I was actually a freelance journalist so I was like oh my god I'm a freelance journalist and I have this cooler alter ego this is I'm Spider Man you guys yeah, all you have to do is go fight crime and then you're solid yeah exactly oh yeah maybe oh, maybe we'll hold off on that part <laughs> Meh. But, but maybe, you know, once the pandemic's over and it's safe to fight crime in person again, you know. I when is fighting crime ever safe in well, person? Safe, right? sir. <laughs> I actually, so I did have an incident in college uh-huh. Uh-huh. where I, I, lived, I was living in the north end of Boston and uh, there had been a string of sexual assaults in the neighborhood, which is, it's a very safe neighborhood, but this kept happening. And I woke up at two in the morning to the sound of a woman screaming outside of my apartment. And I was like, oh gosh. It's happening again. Let me go stop it. So I jumped out of bed. I put on shoes and I grabbed the first weapon I could find, which, because I had been rehearsing that day, was a bullwhip. <laughs> so I run out outside. I run down like the flight of stairs to get outside my apartment. I grabbed my keys on the way out so I could get back in. 
I get outside, I crack it as loud as I can. I'm like, what the hell's going on out here? And it was not a woman being attacked. It was oh. a really drunk college girl who did not want to go home. And her roommate, like, trying to drag her up the stairs. And her roommate's like, can you help me get her up? I'm like, absolutely not. I'm getting off the street before someone sees a man with a whip. By the way, wearing a Yankees shirt in Boston. Oh, no. Like, there is no way this is going to win or work out in my favor. Oh, wow, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> so I leave Absolutely you. That was that's my fantastic. one foray into fighting crime, and I think I think I'll leave it at that. I can't yeah. believe they never showed that happening to Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of did in Homecoming, where he like oh, yeah, yeah, where he, yeah, he tries yeah. to save the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, no, yeah. exactly. Uh, wow. But, uh, on the subject of uh, let me see how I can do this transition here. On the subject of. Uh, weapons that one would assume would be useful in a situation, but turned out to be the exact last thing that you needed. Uh-huh. Red, you had a video on cursed artifacts. How did I do? Four out of ten? Four it's out of four 10? out of ten. Maybe five? Fair. Okay, yeah. 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 You had a video on that trope on cursed artifacts. I got my COVID booster yesterday. I was fucking laid out all morning oh, before yeah. I chugged tea to do this podcast. Yeah, that's how they get you. Oh, God. Yeah, no, uh, the cursed artifacts video was really fun. Um, there's just so much to talk about. Like, some tropes, it's a little thin on the ground, or like like, I've got one example in mind, and really, like, the video is kind of an excuse for me to talk about it. But with Cursed Artifacts, it's like, oh, man, I got my pick of the pack. There are so many options. I can go mythology. I can go, like, every book written in the last, you know, <laughs> 2,000 plus years, basically. They've all got something in there that makes the vibe kind of bad. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I just kind of got to – some of the trope talks, I really need to, like, do my research first. I, I kind of have to go looking for all the really good examples. But with this one, I was like, all right, I read the Elric Saga. I'm good. I read Lord of the Rings. We're good. I, everything other than that is like icing. And it just, it worked out really well. So, yeah. um, you know, I got to talk about the one ring. I, we got a little, got a little, um, actually by, uh, by some of the Tolkien fans in the comments who I'm sure we pissed off royally one week later, but we'll get there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, no, this is, a, this is a bad week to be a Tolkien fan and watching OSP. Yeah. Oh well, the what the problem they, what is, did they, um, actually us on? What did we get wrong? Well, the problem is n- nothing really wrong. Exactly. It's just the fact that like the one ring is a little bit non-standard. Like it, it looks fairly standard by cursed artifacts standards, but it's uh, it's a little bit weird. It's like, okay, it's not really cursed. It's just got like a fragment of Sauron in it. So it's like, is it cursed or is it just actively evil? Well, it doesn't do anything, but it can do stuff. But can it? But can it? Well, you know, whatever. So the problem is, is like, no matter how you say it, someone can be more like, you know, pedantic about it and just kind of be like, well, <laughs> if you'd read chapter 187 of the Silmarillion, you'd actually know that this is the specific part of it, you know, just whatever. So, uh, it Really, the One Ring is, it's not the most interesting example of cursed artifacts, all things considered. It's not very proactive. It has interesting effects on the story around it, but, you know, in a very standard way. Like, it it just makes things worse. It makes people act shittier, Uh, (laughs) which is interesting. But, you know, a lot of cursed artifacts are a lot more nuanced. And um, I think it's fun to kind of explore all the different ways that you can just take all the conflict in a story and compress it down into a nugget and be like this item is now the source of all the bad things in this story because most stories have bad things in them so like it's it's you know something's got to be driving the conflict sometimes it's villain sometimes it's bad luck and sometimes it's oh you're wearing the necklace of harmonia there's a problem right there <laughs> that's uh, that's a bad issue for you um yeah, no, no wonder was... profits are down this quarter you're using dormammu's stapler <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> oh no yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, no, it was fun. Uh, I, I touched on the fact that there's a lot of cursed artifacts in mythology. I didn't go into too many details, but like, it's funny because there's like two in Greek mythology and then there's about 50 in Norse mythology. Just... Yeah, yeah. Greek mythology, usually it's the the protagonists that are cursed more than the artifacts, but the Norse yeah. mythology is like, don't touch any of this stuff. Well, sometimes <laughs> it's also kind of hard to tell how much of it in Greek mythology is like retcons, you know, uh, because like. There's one that I've, like I said, the Necklace of Harmonia, I found like a myth about that, which is that it was, uh, I think it was crafted by Hephaestus for the goddess Harmonia, and somehow it ended up in the hands of assorted mortal women, who coincidentally were the ones that had bad stuff happen to them. So it's like, oh, Jocasta totally had it when they found out about the, you know, the stuff with the, you know, the Oedipus situation. <laughs> uh, or like, oh yeah, Helen of Troy had it, which is, you know, why all the bad stuff. And it's like, is that why? Or is it just like, hey, it would make sense if she had this thing that made things worse, you know, whatever. So... It's pretty easy to just kind of say, oh, yeah, this thing is cursed, and that's why the conflict is happening. Because, like, it could also just be bad vibes or bad luck or, uh, you know, prophecies or whatever. But it's pretty easy to, like, point at an object in a story and be like, there we go. That's your problem right there. Cursed. <laughs> so... I feel like in Greek mythology, the, the most cursed artifact of them all is just Greece. It's like, if you're here, <laughs> you're screwed. You're done. Ah, cursed just locations. <laughs> yeah. And then in Norse mythology, like, not only are there cursed artifacts everywhere, dwarves are actually making them. Uh, <laughs> because it's like a fairly standard story element in Norse mythology for, like, some character to be like, all right, dwarves, I need you to make me something really fancy. And the dwarves are being like, well, I don't like you, so I'll do it but you'll wish I didn't. And that's how you get um, pretty much everything in Norse mythology. That's how you get Anvari's ring, uh, which, well, admittedly, that one wasn't made under duress. Uh, it was just cursed after the fact. Uh, I've, I've mentioned this one at this point like three or four different times across different videos because it's the, it's the MacGuffin at the center of the Ring of the Nibelung, which is a very long, very boring opera that I don't want to summarize, so instead I just keep dancing around it. Uh, but the gist of Anvari's ring is that, you know, uh, Loki steals it, Anvari curses it, and then Loki passes it off to some mortals, and then it just messes stuff up all the way down the generations, which is very funny. Um, but there's also ones like this king, I think, captured a couple dwarves and made them make him a sword, and they were like, okay, but every time you draw it, you're gonna need to kill somebody with it, and it will not go back in the sheath unless it's been bathed <laughs> in blood. And he's like, okay, and I think they were also like, and it's gonna kill you someday. And I feel like if you can just make weapons that do that, like, that's what you should put on all of them when you're being commissioned under duress. It's like, oh yeah, I'll make you your fancy spear. It's gonna kill you, though. <laughs> oh, no. Couldn't you just leave the sword out of its sheath, though? Although, would like would that be setting up how it kills you? Like, you fall the wrong way? <laughs> oh, and, like, cut, probably, yeah. Cut you, yeah. like, accidentally bump into the wall and it, like, falls off its hanging and just, yeah, there's all kinds yeah, of ways exactly. it could go wrong. No, that's that's right. I yeah. feel like there, there's an under under tapped like well of really what's the word I'm looking for? It's not curse, but it's like really <laughs> monkeys paw like arms dealers uh, in fantasy worlds where it's mm. you know the dwarves are like yeah they make the weapons but they also make them ridiculous. Like there's definitely a, a, a lack of that in in popular fantasy. The vibe I always get from Norse mythology is that the dwarves aren't malicious most of the time. They're just really bored and have way too much time on their hands. So it's like, oh, yeah, we'll make your wife a wig. It'll be out of the most exquisite flax and gold, and it'll grow by itself. And it's like, oh, that's kind of nice. Also, we made you this collapsible boat. Oh, okay, thanks. And this golden boar. Huh, okay. And this collapsible spear. All right, interesting. And this cursed ring. Why the cursed ring? <laughs> well, we were bored that day, you see. We already had the forge going, so, you know, may as well. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's very fun. Um, and of course, this is one of those things where like you can always find 
stories where it's like, oh, and it was all because of this one thingy. And sometimes it's like, is it cursed? Or is everyone just being a jerk in this story? You know, 50-50 odds. I, I used an example that was a, uh, a Sherlock Holmes story, uh, The Pearl of Death, where it's Sherlock Holmes. There's no magic in Sherlock Holmes. It's just a regular pearl. But people keep murdering each other over it. It's it's very Maltese falcony. Uh, and uh, Sherlock Holmes, every the intellectual, is like, this is totally the fault of the pearl. We should probably chuck it into the ocean and solve all our problems. And then they don't. And that's sounds like an episode ends. of Castle where he's always like, yeah, no, everything is cursed. They're aliens are real. Santa died and fell into Central Park. It sounds like more of an episode <laughs> wait, wait, of Castle what? than Sherlock. Oh, God. Yeah, Castle. Those were all real episodes of Castle, as I recall, yeah. especially the Santa one. <laughs> yeah. They, they, find a, they find a dead guy in Central Park with, like, no footprints around him, and he's dressed like Santa. And Castle's like, oh, my God, Santa's dead. And they're like, Santa's not real. The plot and twist is all Santa was dropped out of a helicopter. But for, for the first, like... <laughs> third of the episode castles like they fucking iced santa guys i don't know what to say <laughs> oh no i do like yeah. the uh the maybe magic maybe mundane trope except usually most stories that do it it's really at some point pretty obvious that like oh it's actually magic or oh it's actually like not there's usually some explanation i'd love to see a placebo cursed artifact that would be funny <laughs> <laughs> you tell I people it's cursed but then people just act like assholes normally i yeah. feel like i've seen that or or something similar there are stories where it's like oh you know this artifact doesn't actually make you worse but it gives you opportunities uh and like tempts you to do worse things uh so but it's like, is that actually your fault? Or is it, you know, would you have done that without the artifact? I don't know. Uh, anyway, lots of mileage there. The video was very fun, and I had a good time with it. And then one week later, we pissed off the Tolkien fans yet again <laughs> with our <laughs> April Fool's episode, uh, allegedly about the Silmarillion. We do yeah, mention the Silmarillion and even some details. There's elves in it. That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember, because... We had a process of coming up with this April Fool's episode because every year it's like, okay, what on earth are we going to do to top the last April Fool's? And the last one was just, it was just a, a video of Cleo. Yep. I just wanted to make a video of Cleo and I'm like, it's April Fool's, here we go. Yeah, Some years good. we've done things that were meaner, like when we promised a Journey to the West episode in the thumbnail of like, new Journey to the West, and it was a Minecraft thing instead. Yeah. Like this one. New monsters. Yeah, that one I, I yeah, thought might like, actually that get one's me definitely like assassinated. The meanest one. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was. It wasn't even that mean, I don't think. The Les Mis one was 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 a bait and switch for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I I had fun with this one because it's like we we had the premise of okay, we we start the camera and then walk off screen and talk about nothing for like yep. ten minutes because we've almost done like a podcast April Fools on that premise, but for various reasons it didn't really make sense. So we're like, okay, we'll we'll take this premise and do it as a video and and like the world building implications of we are actually filming in a white void that's just like a drop down screen in the library room. Yeah, like the, the lore implications for OSP are are vast and fascinating. Um, but like we had this thing and it's like okay what book are we not going to talk about in this video? And it was like Silmarillion, it gotta to be. be. Silmarillion. So it, yeah. it just, it, it wrote itself, uh, but it yeah. was very funny. We've <laughs> so, talked several times about why I do not want to summarize the Silmarillion. So like, you know, at this point, if you're still expecting me to, it's like, guys, <laughs> just go watch Hello Future Me. He talks about this stuff willingly because he enjoys it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jack, you were saying. So yeah. coming, coming at it as a... Um, as a viewer who did was not in on the joke, I think it took me about 10 seconds to be like, huh, I'm pretty sure this is going to go off kilter. And like, also like every April Fool's Day, I wake up in the morning being like, 
people are going to post weird shit today, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to go, oh my god, and then I'm going to remember what day it is. And I'm going to feel yeah. dumb. And I saw this, and I was like, wait a minute, hold up, it's classic summarized. It's not Red's week to be posting a video. <laughs> it's only six minutes long. What's going on here? And then like, as soon as the camera fell over, I'm like, ah. Yeah, uh, I see where we are. I see where yeah. this is going. Yeah, no, the most common comment we've seen is people being like, wow, in only six minutes? Pretty yep. impressive. Uh, although I have seen a couple people being like, look, I didn't believe it, but you did the Mahabharata in 60 seconds, so I didn't want to fully discount the possibility. <laughs> Oh, no. I also it's... love the comments that are like, wow, you know, this was really the most impressive and comprehensive summary of the Silmarillion I've ever seen. I'm going to show this to my friends who ask about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. My, my dad had a couple comments about it. He was like, I thought Cleo's insight onto Feanor's hubris was really insightful. And I was like, thanks, Dad. I'll, I'll pass that along. <laughs> oh, man. The yeah, camera no, falling over is a metaphor for the folly of man in the Second Age. <laughs> yep, yep. And that one time on Goliath Ain't Those Trees. Uh, and it was just, it was very fun. And we hammered that thing out in like six hours total. Like we we were, yeah. we figured out what we were going to do. And then I started drawing the background visuals and you were like, let's record this tomorrow. And I was like, hey, are you free like now? And you were like, yeah, actually, yeah. we just hammered that out. And then I cut it together and then I just put the visuals in. And like, then it was just good. It was ready to go. It was the fastest yeah. video turnaround I've had in ages. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and mostly it went over well. And last time I checked, it had about a 97% like to dislike ratio. Yeah, I mean, if we don't piss good. people off with the April Fool's video, I feel like we've done something, like, wrong. Because, like, we we tried to fool people on this one. This was designed to make people <laughs> upset. <laughs> yeah, but we, you know, we had we had limits. You know, we, we didn't... Yeah. I was not willing to go super all in on drawing, like, a fake frame to preview on Patreon. And we obviously did not charge our patrons for this video that is not a video. <laughs> no. That that would be that, a new low. We didn't that, do that. That would be savage. <laughs> yeah. It would be very funny, though. Uh, but yes, no, none of that. Uh, we don't tend to charge people for jokes. Um, yeah. but I do. Well, yes. Come on, that's, 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 that's my sweet. entire business model right yeah, there. Yeah, well, if it's your job, I think that's different. <laughs> um but yeah, no, that was a, it was a lot of fun. And of course, we just got to got to like shoot the shit for about five minutes about random stuff, which was officially what we had scripted. Like the beginning and the end, we knew what we were going to say. But the middle, it's just yeah. like that we shoot the shit for five minutes. Uh, you were like, I've got a great bit about Hollow Knight we're going to do. <laughs> I was like, OK, cool. So, yeah. yeah. And then the, the She-Ra talk was all just, you know, regular she I mean, it was all it was it was the the, the coffee shop AU that uh, <laughs> that has thus far never existed. And now now it now it is uh, is a thing. Uh, a little OSP behind the curtain. So yeah, uh, that this was probably one of our best April Fools. I think uh, mm -hmm. it'll it'll be tricky to top this one. We'll we'll obviously do our best next year, but this was a th this is a high bar to clear for for April Fool shenaniganery. It would be funny if every year from now on we just once again claim to be summarizing the Silmarillion. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just you keeps. You've probably got enough distance there that enough people will forget or enough people will re like newly subscribe mm. that you probably could get at least, if not even every year, every other year. So like yeah. we do this, we do this yeah. in the show sometimes where like I'll recycle jokes in and out maybe every three years or so. Mm -hmm. Or like I'll take a joke out and then after a couple of years I bring it back and people are like, oh, I'm so glad that joke is back or – you know, people are like, oh, you, you brought new material. I'm like, ha ha, it's not <laughs> new. 
It's old yeah. now. But but speaking of, uh, for for people who are who are not familiar with uh, with your show, um, the the context of of us crossing paths was actually a, a long ways in the making. Um, uh, me and Indigo and Cyan and uh, a bunch of our friends, actually at this point all of them greens now, uh, went to the uh, the Boston Renaissance Fair uh, one summer. Uh, just to check it out, uh, to see uh, what was up, and we were walking around, and we saw, you know, like, um, Jack's the Whipper whipping shows, like, oh, like, hell yeah, like, we showed up for Rope Drop, and we were there early in the day, it's like, yeah, let's see what this is, and then we came to see your show, and it was easily one of the most hilarious things that we'd ever seen, the one of the most funniest performances ever, your sense of timing your comedy just the, the the physical requirements of a performance with this many tricks alone is impressive but we had such a fun time that your show became like the highlight of the entire fair and then the following year after we came back and it was like ah jack so um it was funny because uh we followed you on instagram and then you sent us a message like holy shit like osp were like wait you know us we know you do you know us? and then yes yeah, so and then we we kind of made the connection but it was a uh, it was very funny. Yeah. It was a funny instance because I was actually um, so a lot of the time I will like take a long bath at the end of the day just to like just decompress. We all need to decompress a little bit more these days, mm. and a lot of the time my my way of, of relaxing is I'll put on a podcast, I'll put on a, you know a YouTube video, and it happened to be a Friday, so I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll check out the OSP video, and I was like, oh wait, I've been meaning to like check them out like on the other social medias. I already followed you guys on Twitter. I was like, oh, yeah, Instagram. And, like, I'm about to hit the follow button, and it says follow back. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> if I if I had not been already half submerged in the bath when I saw this, I would have, like, sprinted to the other room <laughs> to tell my fiancé, be like, oh, my God, look. Oh, my God, look. Um, so I, like, I took a screenshot and texted it to her with no context. Or I think I might have been like, OMG. She's, like, sitting 10 feet away in the other room. But then she, like, didn't see it until I got out of the bath 45 minutes later. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, you see? And she's like, what? What? Oh, oh, cool. (laughs) And then that was it. Aw. Oh, that's so fun. It It is always just a wild experience to be like, wait. You parasocially know me, but but I parasocially know you. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. It was it was a similar experience, I think. Um, so I've been listening, like I've been listening through some of the old podcasts and read. You've talked about your experience of being mentioned by Brandon Sanderson. I think it oh is. Oh my god! Yes. And it, it felt like life. a similar similar feeling for me, where I was like, "Wait, what? They they <laughs> know of my existence?" <gasps> but sir, yeah, well, I am but a lonely uh... peasant. How could you know my name? <laughs> When I was watching all the news with the Sanderson Kickstarter, I'm like, he has watched our channel. Yeah. Weird. That was a weird feeling. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw, like, I think a couple people on Twitter were like, hey, Red, hey, uh, so, uh, Brando Sando, and I was like, what? And I, like, looked up the podcast transcript and just kind of searched through it, and I was like, oh, yeah, there it is. Said by Brandon. It could be a different Brandon. We don't know for sure. And, like, as I'm sort of, like, making sure this is legit, my eyes are just, like, drifting over to the copy of Way of Kings by my bed. And I'm like, that's the guy who wrote that book. Weird. So. Yeah. Well, oh, I had this so similar weird. feeling of, like, I'm looking. I'm like, oh, they probably just saw, like, one funny video. And they just follow. They're like, oh, he seems kind of funny. And then I was like, oh, they're only following 23 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Holy we, we don't follow many people on, yeah. uh, on media. 
Yeah, because I was I was surprised um, when I discovered that I don't know which one of our friend group was like, oh, Jackson Whipper is an Instagram, but we saw we're like, oh, yo, and because I mean it had been because of because of COVID, it had been years since we've actually been to see your show. So I saw these clips of um, most of them were. Uh, I guess not to explain your show for you, but uh, the the music sections, uh, if you want to just give a quick uh, explanation of how that works. Yeah, so I I will bring out two whips, and I will make a beat with them, and I will sing songs with the lyrics changed, usually the verb replaced with whip, because that's easy, (laughs) and that's simple, and sometimes improv is hard. Uh, But so that's that's basically the first five to seven minutes of my show, depending on which show I'm doing, um, is just... I sing two songs, I ask for audience requests, and I try to come up with stuff on the fly. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. So so you've got a lot of those uh, little, like, you know, one song a piece clips on your Instagram, and I was scrolling through these, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, bringing back so many memories, and it was like, oh, this is so funny. Uh, and then, of course, some of your uh, more more complex uh, tricks, like, um, what is it, like the, the, the pasta straw in your teeth, and then you, you like, do a trick to, to cut that in half? Yeah, that's... Yeah. that's um... That one took some work, uh, <laughs> but it's actually it's it, one of those things where like I would I had been trying to do it the way that my dad used to do it in his show, and I very frequently would like end the day with a welt down my like the coolest scar you know like the oh, scar yeah. that like every badass hero has I would yeah. have that welt down my my forehead and my cheek and I was like. If I do this enough times, maybe it'll stick and I'll, I'll be the coolest 22 year old ever. And I was like, yeah, maybe we should find a better technique to do this. And so I eventually came across uh, a, a different way to do it. I'm like, okay, this is much better. Sometimes I still do get myself though. And I can always tell, and the audience unfortunately can tell because I do it with a whip that's on fire and the whip will rub the ash that's on it on my chin. And so I come off stage and they're like, your mustache seems to have migrated to your chin. <laughs> it's just an additional goatee, you know. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's if you're already nice. drawing on the mustache, you can draw on the scar. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. My Ooh. makeup skills aren't that good. <laughs> my makeup skills are, I would say my makeup skills are better than most men, but they're not great. Yeah, 10, 20 like feet away. that's fair. Just like, <laughs> you know, bar. swipe down with the eyebrow pencil, call it a day. Like, oh, yeah, I gave this to myself in a tragic whipping accident. Totally. <laughs> that's that's assuming that day that I actually had, like, the energy to do the eyebrow pencil. And it wasn't mm. just like a, let's cover up the, the dark circles under the eyes <laughs> and draw on the mustache. And we're good. <laughs> that's it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, but uh, I... I'm looking forward eagerly to the next time we'll be able to go and see your show because uh, it is it is truly uh, really 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 fun. Um, you mostly are around the Boston Renaissance Fair, but you do go to other places, correct? Yeah. So this year, um, the so the since I started my TikTok account back in October, it's I've gotten a lot of interest suddenly out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So. In years past, it was I would do King Richard's Fair uh, just south of Boston, and I would do the Louisiana Renaissance Fair. Um, this year, I've been contacted by more fairs than I have in my entire life combined. Nice, um, damn. And you know, trying to balance that with my my normal nine to five job, which is I work on the radio, um, <laughs> is. So I'm adding a couple extra shows here and there where it makes sense. So I'll be doing a weekend at the Maryland Renaissance Fair in late August. Uh, I actually do have a show coming up in New Jersey, just west of, of New York in Madison at your university late April, April 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think that's probably what we're going to get for now. King Richards, Maryland, Louisiana, <laughs> um, and like extra random shows here and there. But like I've, I've gotten theaters in Europe reaching out to me and I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah, yes, I will take a paid vacation to Europe. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> Emmanuel Macron is like, gets his Monsieur Jacques uh, to the Champs-Élysées immediately. <laughs> no, no. So I took a French class a few years ago to d- just brush up on my French. And the woman teaching it was like a year older than me and French. And ah. I was, uh, she was like, what do you do for work? And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, radio. Yes, ju- radio yeah. and nothing else. <laughs> oh, no. But, you know, if she did, like, run into you at the fair, you could be like, oh, I'm not that guy. He doesn't have a mustache. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing is how many people don't recognize me out of costume and, more importantly, out of mustache. Yeah. So uh, people on TikTok have been commenting left and right that they, like, the mustache or lack thereof throws them off. But what really sold it to me was actually, like, 10 years ago. I was biking around Boston and I ran into a cast member from King Richard's Fair. And so I slammed on my brakes. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? And he goes, do I know you? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> this is a oh, great case God. study in why the Superman disguise of glasses does totally work. It totally <laughs> apparently works. Although yeah. I feel like, it, you know, given how close Lois Lane has gotten to both Superman and Clark Kent, the <laughs> amount of time she spent with both of them, I'm like, that's, that might be stretching the possibility. Not to mention, like, people on the internet who have way too much time. Also, uh, like, not to put too fine a point on it, but, like, like you said, you know, she spends enough time in proximity. She has to know they smell the same at this point, right? Like, oh. I mean, come on. Like, they have to, you know, same combo deodorant and aftershave or whatever. She has to know at this point. Anyway, Jack, uh, what are the social <laughs> accounts that people can find you at if they want to uh, check out some of your content before uh, they come catch a show live? So I think the easiest place, because um, at this point, I'm on everything. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, yeah. TikTok. Um, Twitch streams I have, are very fun. I've been I enjoying have, the Twitch streams a lot. <laughs> I have links. I've been trying to get like the historical strategy games in there, and people are just not biting yet. But um, I, uh, my website, jackthewhipper.com, it's not jackthewhipper, it's just jackthewhipper.com, has links to all the socials down at the bottom. But if you're on a social media outlet of any form, just look up jackthewhipper.com. Have fun spelling it. It's Jaxi Whipper, not Jack the Wiper. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. Yay. We will link his website and a few of those socials in the show notes below if you are looking for an immediate uh, fix. Heck yeah. Fantastic. All right. Um, one very, very short announcement uh, before we get into the Q&A section. Uh, we have finished up our uh, Kickstarter for the women cards uh, at the end of the month, and we raised a final total of 45 thousand dollars uh for the cards so they will be made and shipped later in the year and a substantial portion of uh the revenue our entire cut will be donated to the malala fund we don't know what that number is yet but we'll figure it out soon so um that's a a cool thing that i wanted to share since we are just uh, coming up on the end of uh, women's history month but other than that i think we are ready to jump into the. we have one more plug Uh blue remember about our special bonus episode that's coming up and how we're taking questions for it yeah when when is that uh uh, that um heck uh so at the end of the month we'll be doing all uh, questions oh yes oh Buddy. So uh, at the end of the month, we'll be doing. <laughs> Don't give me an oh, buddy, right? What? <laughs> 
This, this is easily my worst performance one. on the podcast of all time. <laughs> I'm just day. losing it left and right here. We are doing an Avatar Day bonus episode later this month, uh, where we'll be joined by uh, Tim, Hello Future Me, uh, to talk about uh, all things Avatar. So if you have a question uh, that you want us to answer about the shows... Um, not the movie. I'm just going to say that right now. Not the no, film. No, we can the do the movie. We should, uh, okay, fine. Tim made it too about that movie. <laughs> not the, at least not the Cameron movie. Uh, <laughs> at least not that oh, Avatar. Oh, yes. Okay, um, yeah. But uh, uh, ask in the OSPod Discord uh, and we'll, we might answer the question for the, for the bonus episode. So keep an yeah. eye on that one later in the month. Sweet. Also, we have a, a Kung Fury movie struck coming out at some point, but I don't know when that is. It's already out. If you're listening to this episode, Oops. it came out on Monday. Check cool. Out. <laughs> and also back listen to our uh, previous episodes where I made uh, Indigo watch uh, Alien and Jupiter Ascending. So, you know, those are both quite fun for completely opposite reasons. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I joined uh, Indigo on Movie Struck to talk about uh, a little half hour movie called Kung Fury. It's great. We had a fun time. Uh, episode is out now. Yeah. And with that, let's move on to the Q&A portion of the podcast. Sweet. Hello and welcome to the Q&A portion of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. Well, since this is episode 40 of the podcast and we've now totally just entered the Q&A portion for the first time this episode, uh, <laughs> we have to do the lightning round. You all knew it was coming. This is where we go rapid fire through some of the fun, exciting things that you have dropped in Ask OS Pod and want to know if we have seen, watched, read, etc. And we're just going to rapid fire on through this to get a feeling for what the OSP crew and our wonderful guest Jack has uh, experienced and, and or consumed in the media landscape. Yeah. So to start us off, we've got Berserk. Ooh, yes. Yeah, I actually have read through almost all of it at this point. Um, I have don't not. necessarily no. recommend it. It's no. pretty heavy, but the art is very pretty. And it got okay. surprisingly uplifting mm. by the end. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Sabaton. No. The band? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, people keep commenting their uh, their Winged Hussars song in my Poland video, um, which is oh, why no. I didn't mention the Winged Hussars in my Poland video, because that's <laughs> the least interesting part of Polish history. Uh, so no, no, I haven't listened to Sabaton. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like I probably have at some point. I've probably gotten it as a whip request, but no. Mm. Oh, yeah. Our flag means death. No, but I've heard a lot to. about it. I really um, want to. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the Taika Waititi uh, as Blackbeard pirate show. Yes, uh, also known as really the gay fun. pirate show. Uh, oh. Also yes, known as one of several say. gay pirate shows. But yes, uh, I've heard very good things about it. I've seen bits of just like gift. It looks very good. I just haven't, you know, been able to bunker down and do it. Yeah. Mm. I, I consume a shamefully small amount of media. So again, no. But that sounds yeah. amazing because Taika Waititi hey, is awesome. Hey, join the club. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be answering no to most of the things in this lightning round. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, Little Witch Academia. No, I know it exists. It's like an anime or something, uh, but no. Yes. Nope. 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 <laughs> awesome. The Librarians. Oh, TV show. actually, some of it. Uh, it was recommended to me because it's by the same guy who did Leverage, uh, and it has one of the same actors in it uh, as a main character. It's not quite as fun, I think. I mean, it's it's still good. It's just uh, it's not quite got the same found family charm. It doesn't quite hit the the mark as well as mm. Leverage and Leverage Redemption did. Uh, but it is like urban fantasy, which is exactly my shit. So I did watch like a season and a half of it. And it's got the lady who played Mystique in the older X-Men movies as like the main lady. Oh, and she kicks ass, Rebecca Romaine. So she, she's great. Good so, for her. Yeah. No. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, especially when it comes to like TV, it's just like it's. I spend all my time playing. I'd rather play video games That's than fair. watch TV. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't Entirely feel particularly fair. well read. I feel like there's a lot of things that I miss out on. But I always feel like the most well-studied <laughs> consumer of media in the world when we do these things. It's always like, like ask me which of like the Socratic dialogues I've read, not this modern crap. <laughs> and ask me which Roman emperor is my favorite. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe, maybe next April Fools. Yeah. But uh, American Song Contest, the Eurovision of U.S. states, no. which I've gotten a lot of Hulu ads for recently, but have American not watched it. I've never even nope. heard of it. Why does it sound American like it was run through a contest. translator 40 times? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like it's the parody version that showed up on iCarly or something. Welcome back to American Song Contest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elden Ring. Yeah, we're streaming hey. that. You've been streaming it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Very I'm, I'm getting my ass kicked, but it's, it's yeah, fun. Yeah, that's a common experience. I love the clip where you're like, I feel like, and then a bear jumps out at you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like, I'm, I'm, I was literally saying, I feel like I'm about to die, and I turn around, and like I didn't even finish the sentence before a bear smashed me. Yeah. Giant bear. Like, we yep, over here have not been playing it, uh, but a friend of mine has, and I guess her game was a little bugged out because like none of the enemies were visible, and I was like, "This is a this is a Dark no! Souls game, right? How how have you not been dying?" And she's like, "I have been dying a lot." <laughs> so I understand that that's maybe some of the appeal to a to a from software game is that you are challenged by I guess the invisible enemies is probably not a, a feature. No, but. no, that was definitely not supposed to be like that. My fiance keeps going. That's not fair when something happens, and I'm like. <laughs> How many times are you going to say this in this game that is renowned for being very difficult? It's what I signed up for. All yes. right. Uh, the Legend of Vox Machina. I think, oh, I think yes. the animated TV yes, series. Yes, I watched the whole thing. It's really I, good. I'm gonna. I really want to because I, I want to like actually understand the story of Vox Machina that I've only gotten from bits and pieces from like our fencing friends group chat. <laughs> but I do not have the patience to listen to like 154 hour episodes. Yeah. So I'm going to watch the show, like, probably in a couple weeks, and I'm very excited to, but, like, yeah, no, definitely Legend of Vox Machina, I, I, I can't do Critical Role, I'm sorry. That's fair. <laughs> it's too much. Is it so? Mm. I, I have not seen it, because Critical Role, I'm in the same same boat as Blue, where, like, Critical Role, I've tried to get into it a couple of times, and I, I just can't. Um, is it Vox Machina, or is it Vox Machina? It's Vox Machina. It's Vox Machina. Machina. Okay, but, whatever yeah. whatever yeah. the the wrong way is, is what I said on air a few weeks ago oh, when we no. had Matt oh, Mercer no. on the air. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, the It pain. wasn't until, like, Oof. the outro and, the, like, they were saying, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but it was pre-recorded. <laughs> Matt Mercer didn't hear me say it wrong, but, uh, like, oh, okay. I, I heard me say it wrong. Yes. Yeah. No, it's fun. I, I was for a while working my way through Critical Role Campaign 1. I just put it on whenever I went to the gym, uh, and then I stopped doing that because of the pandemic, and now I just don't have to do it. It's yeah. it's a lot of backlog, and it's been really cool seeing a lot of people getting into it through Legend of Vox Machina, which is much more accessible because mm-hmm. it's just like 12 short episodes. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's great. Uh, obviously, the voice cast is incredible. These are people who do it for a living, and they're friends with like every voice actor on the planet. So they got David Tennant in for for a oh while. And he just he does a great <laughs> yeah. job. He's clearly having a blast. They're letting him be Scottish now. They weren't for years, Aww, but now he's so allowed nice. to be Scottish. Yeah, yeah. so Good lots of fun. Him. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, Whiplash. I assume the Oscar-nominated movie, but oh yeah. uh, the, no, is that the, uh, the drums roller the drum. derby one? No, it's no, the it's the drumming the one yeah. with the. Uh, yeah. That guy from Fantastic Four and uh, the guy... J.K. Simmons yells yeah. at the guy for J. not K. being Simmons, good enough at yeah. drumming. Yeah. That one looked <laughs> broadly unpleasant, and 
it was like, what's the plot? Oh, it's about drumming. Cool. I don't care. So, yeah. <laughs> Psychonauts. Did not specify game which series? game, so I assume all um, of them. Yes. No, but I'm interested to. I don't have the means to play it, I don't think. I think it's on consoles I don't have. But it looks really cool, and I've watched a lot of like game analysis videos about it. So, yeah. Hmm. I'm in team no, and I'm not interested in playing it. But if you stream <laughs> it, I'll be very supportive. So... <laughs> Uh, the Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. Yes, actually. And also The Dark Crystal. Uh, a movie I will defend with my life, even though people think it's weird and stupid. <laughs> Look, as far as I'm concerned, Jim Henson could do no wrong. So, uh, And uh, Age of Resistance was pretty weird, uh, but also fun, and had a bizarrely star-studded voice cast, um, <laughs> which was weird. Uh, and also the puppet technology was better than it was in the original Dark Crystal, which was extra nice. weird because it made clips from the original look retroactively way worse. <laughs> Mm. No, I no, no, haven't seen uh, it. I saw the original Dark Crystal, and mm, I was, yeah. uh, count me among those people who was like, this is weird. I think I'm going to pass. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Lego Star Wars. Oh, boy. Fuck yeah, dude. The new game comes out, uh, I guess, yesterday at the time this video comes out. I am so goddamn excited for lego star wars i when the first one came out when the prequel lego star wars came out i took my dad like we i got out of school it's like dad we got to go to the comp usa to go get lego star wars he's like what were any of the words in that sentence i'm like let's go and i loved that game so much i played that one i played the lego star wars the original trilogy not as fun uh and then i was like okay and then i didn't play any of the other lego star wars games i played the harry potter um it was good but i am so God damn excited for this new Lego Star Wars game that comes out uh, three days from now and yesterday from the time the <laughs> podcast goes up. I probably will end up streaming it at some point. I'm so excited. Is it the what is what is it? I thought they had already done the whole series, or is it the sequel trilogy? So it's oh, no. it now includes all nine films, and they're completely redoing everything. So like oh, the, wow. the the complete saga was um, the first game plus the second game. Like the graphics yep. slightly updated, but like the same like base game underneath. The Lego. It was graphics? just like a re-release, but this is like they redid everything. <laughs> There's like a bunch of hub worlds now where you can just go like explore and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like they updated the combat system for like they didn't need to but they did just to make like it better like holy system. shit it, it looks Lou really, and I will really be cool. over here having this conversation if you guys want to do other things <laughs> I, I, we'll, get, I we'll, get, we'll get one last uh, I was thinking about this today I'm convinced oh, no. that Lego Star Wars is the best Star Wars media because it recognizes when Star Wars is stupid and makes that a point of like comedy and At that's why point, it's the best Star Wars media I do like want to add I've never actually played it uh, <laughs> after yeah. all of yes. that yes <laughs> At this point, it's like, you know, Lego Batman was for a while the best Batman movie. So, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. Lego's pretty mm -hmm. good at that. It, yeah. it knows when to be serious and when to be like, hey, guys, remember, this is stupid and these guys are Legos. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> awesome. Well, the last one here for the lightning round, a blast from uh, Yield YouTube past, uh, Epic Rap Battles of History. Oh, my God. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I did that's a show the name. with him. I haven't Actually, heard it in a long time. With one of the one of the creators. I've already forgotten his name. It was like. Oh, no. It was. It, no, it was like. It was, was it Peter or Lloyd. Oh, I forget. It was okay. it was like February of 2020, so uh, like it, yeah. it immediately got buried underneath <laughs> yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, um, we had we had a long talk about how you come up with lyrics for for parodies oh, or for yeah. songs. So yeah. that's yeah. super cool. Yeah, my my favorite episode uh, of theirs. Um, is uh, Ivan the Terrible versus Alexander the Great because <laughs> Alexander the Great dies from poison uh, and then they get in um, Frederick uh, II, the Great of Prussia, who just like, he just dies. He doesn't even get killed. He just dies. And then Catherine <laughs> the Great shows up and absolutely dunks on Ivan the Terrible. It's, uh, it's, it's one of my favorites. Also, Frederick the Great's raps are 
absolutely fire, uh, much more so than most of the other um, characters in the show. It has been a very long time since I watched an epic rap battle of history. Um, it was but, all the rage in high school. Oh, I, I know. Etsy. I was there. Oh, yeah. That's when I watched most of it. Um, the um, Ninja Turtle. I don't know if maybe it's just the side of TikTok that I was on, but the Ninja Turtles versus Painters one went viral like a couple months back. I was yeah. like, wow, this is a nice little throwback. I, I also me. really like the, um, the, the Western philosophers versus Eastern philosophers, where it's like Descartes plato and like socrates and then like sun tzu confucius and lao tzu and they're like dissing the other side and then eventually they all start arguing like internally amongst each other it's perfect that one's also great it is funny actually um i because my dad is is always looking for like new historical stuff so i actually told him to check you guys out uh but he was like oh my god have you heard about this channel epic rap battles of history and i was like don't you know who i am (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like my my YouTube algorithm is so twisted and all over the place. Like I have reached every little corner of that that website. That's you know not totally terrible, mm. but like mm-hmm. you know you we know what I'm talking about. Yes, of yeah. Course. yeah, yes, oh, yes, yes. Man. all the fun rabbit holes. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yeah, incredible. No, well, that concludes um, this lightning round. This first question comes from one of our lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, support the channel consider becoming a patron and have a chance for your question to be read first in a future episode this question comes from hurtling berry to both slash all what is the scariest or most intimidating thing you have ever convinced yourself to do that turned out really well hmm Hmm. starting with a serious one for once yeah it's not a fish question this time (laughs) I feel like the circus performer in me should have something amazing for this, but I'm I'm drawing an, I'm I'm drawing a bunch of like C level material. So, mm. well, the fact that it's not Ponder routinely it. whipping right next to your own face is uh, kind of telling already. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 old hat at this point. Um, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. Taking the plunge and starting the channel was absolutely terrifying for yeah. me, but it worked yeah. out super well. Uh, like, I mean, it wasn't like physical mortal peril, but I was, you know what like 16 everything's terrifying when you're 16 especially putting your own untrained (laughs) self on the internet terrifying uh but like practically speaking it was probably when i had to do a handspring over a vault and i was convinced i was going to slip and mash my face into it while running at top speed and it didn't happen but i never tried it again so nice yeah two answers i think i've got it and it's actually it's from my journalism career as opposed to my circus career so um a few years ago in Boston, we had a, um, what was it? I think it was a free speech rally, and I put heavy quotations over free speech. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like two weeks after Charlottesville, um, oh, the, the Nazi mm-hmm. protest yeah. there. So right. obviously, like 30, I think 33,000 counter-protesters showed up um, to the point where Boston police had to escort the original like 200 you know, free speech demonstrators out in, in riot bands. Mm-hmm. Um, but people didn't want to let them leave. And so right. it was basically a group of riot police trying to push through this massive crowd and both sides going at it hard. And I'm just st- standing there with my microphone live on the air. And I'm like, well, I got to get closer to this. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to back up, but also stay like six to 10 feet away. Also like walking backwards in the middle of the summer, I've already ripped, like my shirt is half ripped off because I tried to climb a tree to get a better view of what was <laughs> oh going on earlier in the day. Um, it's the 90 commitment. degrees in August and I'm wearing like all of my reporting gear, which is heavy as shit. 
and I'm just like, yeah, so uh, it, it, things are happening here, and like just like forgetting every word that I needed to do. But I'm still like, I was like, you know, I listened back to it. I'm like, this wasn't terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like um, that one onion skip where it's like, and behind me you can see some crazy shit going down. <laughs> oh man! You now go live to the source of the bullshit. It'd be so much. It'd be so much easier to be on TV. Like you know, we don't have to paint a picture with our words. No, God, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have a camera crew that you could be like dragging mm. with you instead. Yeah. <laughs> Get me closer. Oh, boy. Gosh, I don't know if I have a great answer for this. I I feel like either, like, jumping on the channel or, like, changing my major from economics to classics could be one. Starting my dumb Assassin's Creed podcast in my freshman year of college is probably up there. Hmm. Writing my you had dumb an Assassin's philosophy Creed books podcast? is also Wait, wait, I'm sorry. We there. need to also, yes. rewind for a second. No, this is established law. We've you already had... been over this. We've already like been over this. Like, on the channel or entirely? No, have... no, no. Oh, well... no. Fully separate from OSP. You'll yeah. never find it. <laughs> I feel like if I, if I Google Assassin's Creed podcast, I'm a journalist. I'm good at this. There's a surprising <laughs> number of them. There's a surprising number of them. <laughs> oh, but I mean, would you would you well, count like getting married as like today. a big risk that worked out oh, really that's well? That's true. I, I mean, wouldn't call that a risk. That was just kind well, of like fair. a nice thing. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It yeah. turned and into that's a wholesome right answer right after all. Yeah. The only like risk was like like the covid risk of having that yeah. many people in a room yeah that <laughs> actually worked out surprisingly anyway, so well fine. yeah yeah it was like oh yeah. yeah the most risky thing was going to a large dinner among family <laughs> yeah like how our peril. answers are like public speaking um <laughs> you know putting our stuff on the internet but genuinely like you know i, I don't think any of us are super wild you know physical daredevils outside of our comfort zones and i feel like all the wild daredevil stuff we do do we're so desensitized to that it's like oh yeah, yeah. that was fine um yeah i have a tendency yeah, to climb up dangerous, very but tall we did that places. just fine right indigo <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we wear a lot of as the person who had to fix all of our gear we wore a lot of gear when we were doing that yeah. so in terms of risk levels it was really just if you did it super wrong that you ran into a problem yeah and um, like I'm, my background is in stuff like gymnastics and i had a pathological habit of climbing up as high as i could go on anything that i could climb for like well technically i still do that so you know <laughs> but that's not a thing i think is bad or i wouldn't do it so yes oh i think we're you would, you would get like along the... with my fiance she has never met a tree she didn't want to climb oh fantastic <laughs> <laughs> oh don't we all um so this next question comes from oh boy some call me parsed it the so is an s zero uh to blue is your favorite roman emperor also the one you consider the best and is your least favorite one the one you consider the worst Okay, so we're going to have to, uh, Jack, you can back me up uh, on this, but we're going to have to define a couple parameters. Like, let's say that Roman emperor includes Byzantine just for the sake oh, of boy. For, for the sake oh, no. of completeness. You, you, you could have narrowed it down so easily and you just decided to add a thousand years of history, but continue. Now, the opposite version is like the only valid emperors of the Julio-Claudian dynasty. Okay, the only good one's Augustus. No, no, no. Uh, if we're gonna, If we're going to allow us to go to byzantine empire i'd say that my favorite is uh is alexios komnenos the the emperor during the first crusade who came to power when the byzantines were like about to completely collapse like civil wars for 10 years shit was going crazy and he was like no we're gonna gonna get this together gonna get things back on track then his daughter wrote the best piece of byzantine literature ever uh anna komnini wrote the alexiad Mwah. great he's my favorite emperor but i don't think he's the best 
I feel like I've got to give that to Hadrian. And it's kind of like a bitch answer, but like Hadrian or Constantine were like objectively the ones who did their job the best, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Constantine was pretty good because he was a good conqueror and he was a good administrator. Usually you only get one of the two. So, yeah, okay. Favorite is uh, Alexios Komnenos. Best is Constantine. Least favorite and worst? I mean, there are so many emperors who were bad at their jobs and they just got stabbed like two weeks later, so I don't <laughs> even know if I can answer that. But my least favorite, um, I don't know. I don't, Jack, what do you think? You've, you've got Roman thoughts too. Well, I'm trying to think of like, I, I think my I'm going to be a basic bitch and just go straight for Augustus is my favorite. Um, and I, I mean, look, I named a cat after Augustus, so we should, you know, <laughs> my current cat is Scipio, so we're we're Aww. we're firmly on the Roman naming train. Um, for worst emperor, and I mean, like like you said, there are a lot of bad ones. Is I feel like you got to look at stinkers. who <laughs> left the empire dramatically worse than they found it, and I feel like the part of the problem is, is I feel like even like some of the good emperors just by nature of circumstance the empire was worse when they left it um so i think it might just be that you know i watched gladiator when i was eight but commodus (laughs) is is up there among my i don't know if i would say he's the worst but he's up there as like my least favorite just because like you had like a hundred years of really good stuff going and you just threw it away with the guy who wanted to be a gladiator yeah, yeah, Commodus yeah. really boofed it. I think that's probably the most dramatic instance of, like, how it started, how it's going. Like, yeah. that drop <laughs> is probably the steepest under Commodus, I think. Like, some of the early ones are pretty insane, but, like, the Empire was fine after they left. Because, like, after Commodus yeah. died, like, there's a solid, like, 100 years before things kind of got back on track with Constantine. So, no, I, I think you're right. I and also, right. wasn't he in power for, like, 11... He was 11-plus years, wasn't he? Hmm. To the Google. Pull up. Uh, I'm seeing some pull speedy Google. <laughs> I have 180 to 191 uh, in my mind. Uh, I've got 176, 192. Ooh, even longer. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty I was, much the yeah. same thing. I was counting the death of Aurel- uh, Marcus Aurelius. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, Aurelius died 180. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, functionally 180, 192. Yeah, no, you were exactly on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a long way to fall in 12 years. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. No, so Alexios for me, but best is Constantine, um, and then least favorite is um, is Commodus for for me. We're we're always here to shit on Commodus. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we can we can agree in these in these divided times. Yes, times. It's very important that everyone know. Just go yes, down to do City Hall with the, of, like, a protest sign. It's like, Commodus sucks. And people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, you a know, war yeah. and a plague. The, the problem is, I feel like that's that's when the, like, weird people who want to appropriate, appropriate like, old Roman customs for their far-right agenda or, like, neo-Nazi oh, yeah. agenda, then they would show up, too, and be like, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 we don't want this. <laughs> Not these guys. No, no, no. Commodus sucks, but that guy's worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you put Commodus sucks on the sign but that guy's worse on the t-shirt you're wearing and you're good yeah yeah these have all those arrows on it like the i'm with stupid yeah, shirts exactly. that whoever yeah, you, we... you can you can angle it to appropriately target yeah um incredible yeah this next question comes from abstract the banished to all what is your favorite soundtrack from movies shows games etc so Ooh. soundtracks let's talk about them i 
think I know what Blue's answer is going to be. Yeah, I recently yeah, I know, I know Blue has some opinions on this. how good the Hollow Knight soundtrack <laughs> is in the April Fool's video. And some people were like, oh, hell yeah, Blue likes the Hollow Knight soundtrack. I'm like, yeah, if I can't play the game, I'll listen to the songs. Um, <laughs> but the Journey soundtrack is, is so yeah, good because it, it exists in three forms. There's the original version for the original game, which is good. And five years later, uh, the composer Austin Wintry redid it as a piano concerto, which is cool as hell. And then he reorchestrated the whole thing top to bottom and got the London Symphony Orchestra to play it for the 10th anniversary in a version of the soundtrack that came out like last month. So there are three different versions of it is the only <laughs> video game soundtrack to be nominated for a Grammy. Super good. I like it a lot. What I'm going to say is that DreamWorks is really, really good at scoring their, their movies especially the ones you wouldn't expect. Uh, my answer is not going to be Kung Fu Panda, but I do want to highlight how good the soundtrack to Kung Fu Panda actually is. Um, but my answer is going to be How to Train Your Dragon. Um, like, uh. every track from that slaps. Uh, Sideways has a video about how it's pretty likely that the movie went over so well because the soundtrack is doing like 90% of the narrative heavy lifting. And like having rewatched it recently, I think that's accurate. The story is very basic. And like on a rewatch, it didn't hold up as well as I expected it to, but the music slaps. It's really good. Uh, it makes you feel things. And that's really all you need, but like really <laughs> good on point things that line up perfectly with what's happening on screen to the point like, Often my measure of how good a soundtrack is, is like, if you listen to it, can you envision what is happening on screen or like what was happening? And it's like that all the way through. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> my answer. My, if I were to go movies, which I'm not, I would probably go like Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean or Tron Legacy. That's Ooh. Good. But um, yes. I'm going to go, I'm going to go video game. Um, <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. a tie between Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy X mm. for mm. me. Uh, played them both when I was... 11, 12, 13, and the only video game soundtracks I have ever purchased outside of it. Final Fantasy IX has like 300 songs in, in oh its soundtrack. God. Damn. 10 has like 14. Um, yeah. But I, mean, I think I... I think I just got like the condensed version of ten. No, but they blew their has, budget on nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ten has, is like no, 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 no. We got to pare this down. <laughs> but like the, it's the same thing, uh, Red, that you mentioned of like when I listen to that soundtrack, I'm like, oh, this is during this boss fight, or this is during this really emotional moment, and like with both of those games, both of which I played like five plus times, I can I know exactly where we are in the story. So, and I've I've since learned a few of them on the accordion which is why i got the final fantasy 9 soundtrack because i want i needed songs to play on the accordion at the renaissance fair that people wouldn't recognize and so far they have nice. not recognized it perfect <laughs> incredible yeah i mean my um i'm on record for my deep emotional love of all of michael giacchino's yep, um music G. and he recently did the batman score and it also really slaps good. so you know it's you can jot good. that one down <laughs> it's super good uh but if i had to pick one it's gonna be speed racer we all knew it was gonna be speed racer what? um it was i have the been listening to the hades are like particularly exceptional go it's speed so racer i go well i mean i remember racer. that part yes <laughs> something he does so well and i will I've had this discussion before, but uh, he's really good at adapting existing musical motifs and then translating them to an entire score. He did this with Rogue One, and he did it again with Speed Racer from the little jingle we just uh, heard a bit of. And it's the songs so perfectly fit the moment in the movie, and they just uh, the themes are within the same sort of soundscape, but they translate to like the rush of racing really well. And I think it's really wonderful, and personally, I just love it. So 
It's my favorite. Is it his most exceptional adaptation ever? Probably no, but it's my personal favorite. Um, although I have been listening to the Hades soundtrack a lot recently and oh, video slaps. games. Like that's it's just good. A, that it's just, really good. That's it's, just metal. It's <laughs> probably the best one that that Supergiant has done so far because mm-hmm. they they really nail the unlikely crossover of like you know Balkan folk music and then like metal synth oh. tunes. <laughs> I have so to I add in a- Witcher Three as well. <laughs> Which is good. Ooh. Which is good. Yeah. yeah. I gotta highlight that good. one Game of the Year awards thing where they they play the orchestral like remix of all the songs together, and there oh, was the one yeah. year where it was like Hades and Doom Eternal, and then at the last minute they <gasps> cut into the Animal Crossing theme, <laughs> but like theme? full orchestra. No. Like it sounds silly, but I'm gonna be honest. I had a swell of emotion when it went from like the really hard, <laughs> crunchy, like deep uh, electric guitar into just incredibly cheerful and whimsical like. Animal Crossing music, but with the power of a full orchestra behind it, and I was like, "Oh, I feel like I just went through the full hero's journey somehow." Yeah. So no, the the, the video game awards, um, symphonic game of the year medley yeah. is always so good. The, my my favorite one is um, 2018's was Celeste. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which sounds so good on electric guitar, mm. um, or I guess it was electric um, cello, probably, uh, and then it was God of War. Spider-Man uh, and Red Dead Redemption, which all have fantastic music, mm-hmm. and hearing like those five, mm-hmm. there was one more. I think it was like Monster Hunter World uh, was also in that one, but that was a really good uh, instance of the uh, the Game Awards Game of the Year medley. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. This next question comes from Foxbot. To all, the OS pod has fallen out of favor with a magical figure, and you are all cursed to become animated household objects, much like in Beauty and the Beast. What objects do your souls inhabit? So if you were a magical inanimate object, cursed by a vindictive witch or something, what magical household object would you become? Is the implication that, like, some fundamental nature of us informs what form we have to be trapped (laughs) in, or is it, like, dealer's choice? Read into the question as much or as little as you like. They were. I think they I'm, did not specify. <laughs> I think I'm the coffee table that you constantly like stub your toe on or bang your shin <laughs> yeah. on. I think that's that's my that's my general disposition. Incredible. <laughs> that's good. And like, mm-hmm. even if you you think you knew where the coffee table was, when you next move over, it's moved slightly to the just left, that such that it's bit. perfectly, it's, yeah, it's no, alive, exactly. so it can just, it, you can just shuffle. You gotta watch you out, it comes out of nowhere. optimal slight yeah. difference. Yeah, 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 it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I think I I'd like, like to be uh, a whole bookshelf. I don't know if that's too many household items, mm. but I'd like to be a bookshelf. You can be the I shelf, the books are optional. Yeah, I feel I'm like... surprised you're not going for teapot. I feel like that's very on brand oh, for you. Oh, teapot's good. Teapot's a good one. I feel like I gotta go with some piece of kitchen equipment because, like, Beauty and the Beast rules mm. specify that some of those pieces of furniture are more mobile than others, and I can't imagine, like, being tied down <laughs> by being a heavy piece of furniture. So, like, it would probably be, like, a spatula or something boring like that, but at least I'd be able to see the world. <laughs> well, here's so here's the question about being... a little toaster that could. Here's the bit, question about being a... Uh, now that you mentioned that about like being a coffee table, does that mean that I'm just going to spend like 40 years in the plank position and I've got to hold that position for 40 Ooh. years? That well, might I might have to change my, my vote. Well, if Beauty and the Beast rules apply, all the furniture can kind of wiggle around, use their legs, you know. So yeah. I think you can still move. Think of how like shredded your core would be after like 40 oh years. I will have abs and Come out looking else. like Uncle Iroh out of the prison cell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, I mean like, 
if you go by what objects I have in my house, I'd probably be a microphone. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but that's not a common household object. So maybe... To what, you think the something... Beast doesn't do podcasting in his spare time? <laughs> you think he doesn't have a VTube rig? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he wouldn't even need one. He could just oh, yeah. be the Beast. Yeah. Welcome back to my podcast, Why Gaston Sucks and I Want to Kill Him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know he, he just has his things. own watch mojo and he just counts down like the top 10 worst Gaston moments every single video. Um I think maybe like a desk lamp, though, probably. Mm-hmm. You could recreate the like Pixar, Pixar intro. Yeah, there yep. it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. We all knew it was coming. Um, Perfect. Incredible. Well, we have time for one last question here on the podcast before we force Red to once again do the outro. Uh, so, Red, You'll this is consider this your like five minute warning. <laughs> Get ready <laughs> mentally. My vengeance um, will be swift. This question comes from Bashwa. To all, if you were a Scooby-Doo villain, where would you haunt? What would you dress as and why? Ooh. I feel like I'd have to haunt the circus or the, or the carnival or the Ren Fair just because I've worked <laughs> those so many times. And I would be the embodiment of, I remember I worked a carnival one time. We were right next to the Ferris wheel, and the Ferris wheel, every time it went off, sounded like the gates of hell opening up. Like, it was like we were just sitting there, be like, that can't be safe. That can't be right. So I think I would pretend to be like the ghost of a worker who was killed in a carnival ride mm. accident. Mm-hmm. That would be yeah. my, nice. my approach. It's very something wicked this nice. way comes. Right. Very definitely oh, could get like a little a like, urban cut. legend going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Read that when I was way too young. Are you in Bradbury in this? Oh, criminy. Um, nice. It's annoying. My brain immediately went to Phantom of the Opera, which of course already exists, yes. but like, <laughs> just how perfect would that be? The Scooby Gang showing up. And it's like, oh yeah, the the, the local, opera house is a small haunted. local theater is putting on Phantom of the Opera, and you the are haunting the Phantom of the Opera, Phantom of the Opera performance. It's like there's layers to it. There is, but I'm just, I'm surprised I've never seen this particular crossover before. It would be so easy. <laughs> the Scooby Gang just shows up at the opera house, and it's like, oh, it's haunted by a ghost. It's like a ghost, and then the just episode plays out as usual from there. Uh, but mm-hmm. that, that means I got to come up with my own actual idea that isn't just <laughs> pretending to be an opera ghost. <laughs> for you no cover profit. the other half of your face with a mask. Mm. <laughs> I wear like a just a reflection. full head rubber <laughs> Phantom of the Opera mask with the removable mask, and then like they pull it off, and it's like, oh, your face actually looks fine. And it's like, yes, my dark and terrible secret. <laughs> uh, wait, wasn't that just the plot oh. twist at the end of Korra season one? I seem to recall. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't I actually don't hate Cora as much as most people, but I'll save that for next episode. All right. I need a good scam. Because last time we had the, the Batman rogues question, I don't just want to give another, like, museum thing. I, I feel like I could be a good Scooby villain in, like, some big library somewhere. Like like a New York public library like tier library where like something's afoot like stuff's happening after dark and I could like use the books as like clues and stuff send the gang mm. on a fun little little, little rabbit hole chase <laughs> sequence tons of corridors to chase around the Scooby Gang in uh, like traps I could set up very like on the nose like book themed traps <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would want to uh, well you know almost every Scooby Doo villain is secretly pulling a real estate scam. Uh, so I think what I'd want to do is like haunt a nature preserve, uh, and like, 
I don't know what exactly I'd pretend to be. Probably just a large assortment of weird shit. So like, you know, <laughs> oh, maybe maybe I'm going to pretend like there's a Sasquatch out here one day. And then it'll be like, mm. I'll put up some Blair Witch style stick figures to scare off the people who might oh want to litter around here. And it's like, is there any malice in this or am I just fucking with people? Uh, like, that's the part I can't decide. Because I honestly feel like if I just had free reign over, you know, a nature preserve, I'd just be fine you know i just have a great time out there and then it would just mm -hmm. be like but i don't like it when assholes come over here so let's just keep them all away from the good bits <laughs> yeah what you could do to scare people is like going back to jack's thing with like the sound of the ferris wheel like if you had like a little audio setup you could just like mix together some sounds of just like mm -hmm. pure demonic chaos going on to make people yeah. stay away like blasted on loudspeakers over the hills and i need That'd to mix spooky. up the scam because like if i do the sasquatch thing that means you start getting bigfoot hunters and then you got to scare them Ooh. off with a completely unrelated kind of cryptid scare uh like so you know they come Hot there for man. sasquatch and then you like blair witch it up at them and they get too freaked out and they leave and then when the people who are like oh ghost hunters they show up you got to scare them off with something completely different so i can see how this scam would quickly get me in too deep and turn into a scooby-doo style hijink but i think it would start off completely innocently it's like well, like innocently. a triangle of like okay chupacabra beats blair witch blair witch yeah. beats <laughs> blair witch beats sasquatch yeah ghost hunters i scare off with aliens and then we scare off the ufo weirdos with the bigfoot stuff and then <laughs> it all comes full circle Somewhere there's like a little shed with just like a big diagram where I just keep adding more photos of like how to scare off the UFO hunters. <laughs> and it's oh, like there's, there's UFO hunters and then there's a separate category for like horny UFO hunters and I have to do something completely different to get I'm those sorry, guys wait, out what? There. Is that a thing? Uh, Almost probably. certainly. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've seen a... some You pulled some that out real genres. quick. <laughs> that would be the territory of the live-action Scooby-Doo movies with that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Can I haunt the set of the live-action Scooby-Doo movie? I just want to watch. I feel like oh, they've done man. like a Hollywood ghost kind of thing before. Mm. Oh, oh, probably. Oh, sure, I yeah. mean, I feel like you know, a soundstage is ripe for the uh, haunting. Yeah. There's already a costume department around there, so that's that's right. probably what I would do. Although I I worked on a um, amateur college radio station for a while, and I had the graveyard show, the nice two a.m. Yeah. to four a.m. shift. Oh, yeah. Um, and we firmly believed that our uh, university was haunted by the preemptive ghost of a former alumni, uh, who I won't go unnamed because it would reveal the, the university that I went to. Um, and I, I think that'd be fun to just like haunt something completely innocuous. I've never like, encountered um, any kind of performing arts department in a university or otherwise that people didn't think was haunted. I mean, it's every single one of them. Everyone's I mean, theater. Red, we we had to do a, a, a play together in like our sophomore year, and that that stage was absolutely haunted. Thank God they tore it down a couple years later. <laughs> the stage wasn't haunted; it was just a fire trap. I was the one monkeying around under it, tightening all the bolts. <laughs> I did when I was in high school. I got the opportunity to do the first show in a newly built black box theater, and that might be the Ooh. first time a theater wasn't haunted. <laughs> was like, so you got yeah, to be the no, one to haunt it. No one died in construction. <laughs> it's 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 all good. It's all you know. It's fine. Just imagine like similar. the construction foreman's like, oh, no one died. This place isn't haunted. Hey, Jerry, come over here. Come here. <laughs> yeah. I, I had something similar. I had a, a college university or yeah, college university arts course uh, over the summer. And uh, it was also in a very newly constructed building with a couple black box theaters. But it was also my first encounter with black box theaters. And I didn't really get them. So I just thought it was weird. It's <laughs> like, yeah. where's the set? <laughs> Why are it just these, you know? random boxes and they were like no, no that's i remember cool. yeah i remember my college had a black box theater and i tried to use it to rehearse and they were like no and i was like <laughs> it literally sits 
empty six days a oh. week. No one's rehearsing yeah. at it. And it's like a one spot where I can go and like not, you know, be in. So I, I went to school in Boston. Not be on Boston Common cracking a whip oh. where people call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no. Oh. Shooting yeah. a any sort of like performance or anything like artsy that you just kind of go out and do in Boston is a huge mood because I was in film school so we used to just go shoot stuff in any random park you know mm-hmm. without permits because you're a film student you'd never think of that stuff and the amount of times we had to like try and talk our way out of getting ejected from public parks with a camera was yep. frequent. <laughs> I remember those days. Ah. Uh, yes, no. love love the run and gun shoot. Uh, but I think that that is probably time for this episode. So, Red, have you, in your various ponderings of your Scooby Doo villainy, managed to dig up from the depths the outro for this episode? Uh, no, but I am still kind of in the little headspace of like, all right, how would I scare off the ghost hunters, and how would I scare <laughs> off the people who watch too many like? Can you give us movies? your spookiest outro read? My my spookiest outro read. Yes, your spookiest outro. Read. Oh no. Which angle oh, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, children of the night, thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> if you liked this episode, there's going to be more in, like, one week? Is that what we're doing with the bonus avatar? Two weeks. comes out later. Two, uh, whatever that comes out, it'll be available in a very terrifying way. Um, uh, as mentioned, we're going to, you know, rep Jack the Whipper's stuff in our uh, show notes. Our spooky show notes, sorry. Lost the character for a bit there. Um and uh i guess that's that's basically all our bases covered we're mostly good all right sweet uh then until next time i have been red <laughs> i have been blue and jack thank you so much for joining us on this my episode pleasure. today my pleasure yes. i am jexy Weeper. and this has been an overly sarcastic <laughs> podcast <laughs> thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the overly sarcastic podcast We'll be back with another thrilling installment on April 20th, and we'll be recording a bonus episode in the interim, so if you have any Avatar-related questions, please drop those by April 9th in Ask OSPod on Discord, where you can also go to place all of your other general questions for the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform, and if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and more can be found in the show notes below, as well as links to all of our wonderful guests, Jack, a.k.a. Jacques Zewippers, content. Catch you next episode, and until next time, have fun out there.